All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our first ever podcast for student ministry, for transit. If you're a middle schooler, inside out, if you're a high schooler, we actually just launched this past weekend our first episodes. So Wired, if you are uh, in transit, and then Reset for inside out. And we're just going to talk about that a little further here, which is kind of fun. Matt, you and I were talking about ahead of time, like usually for a message, we, we somewhat know what we're going to say ahead of Not time. Really, you dude. never know what's really yeah. going to come out on stage, but yeah. I mean. <laughs> Not to the last minute. Yeah. But in this setting, I, I really don't know what we're going to talk about. So hopefully this is helpful to people. You hopefully, know, if man. not, we'll kill it. That was a great whatever. setup to that. So yeah, yeah, I'm feeling very confident. So yeah. anyways, <laughs> uh, if we haven't met before, my name is Jordan. I'm the student ministry director at North Point. We have Matt with us today, who is our middle school director, our transit director. We have Adrian, Adrian A, <laughs> who is an incoming senior at Rouse, which is stupid because in my head, like you're in sixth grade still, which I know you're not. Me too. But it just, <laughs> and like that she's also a now eighth grade leader for transit, which is Ooh, really, really yes. cool. Yep. So she's amazing. And directing some of these episodes, which is cool. Segments in different parts also. And then we have Mel B, also a senior in high school. Also, <laughs> Hip hop <for> sure. extraordinaire <laughs> groups director here. <laughs> At North Point. So basically, we we just have uh, some fairly random conversations in the office, and we said we should just record some of those oh, sometimes. Yeah. We're like, there's all the time we're getting to a random topic and debate something, and we're like, man, I just wish we had a camera. So that's basically what we're doing here. Um, like, for example, I don't know, three minutes before we start rolling, uh, Chloe's also in the room right now, who's our, our logistics coordinator in student ministry. And uh, we were having a little bit of a debate because Chloe just had to get her tire fixed. Mm-hmm. This and, morning. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Chloe met a, Chloe single and Chloe met a guy at, yeah. uh, at Discount Tire. And so the girls are kind of excited um, because the guy gave her a discount on her tire. Yeah. And so they're fairly convinced like Chloe's in. Yeah. Where, where'd she go again? Uh, yeah. That, that's part of the pro- uh, discount tire. Yeah. She went to discount tire. Yeah. Di- yeah. yeah. So tire if you couldn't pick up, yeah. Matt and I were like a little yeah. skeptical. Yeah. Uh, because she got a discount at discount <laughs> tire. But the girls are like, she's getting married next week. Oh, for sure. So I would just love to hear some outside opinions. You know, if y'all are watching this on YouTube, you know, comment or DM us or whatever for you on Instagram. Just, I, I don't know, maybe Matt, maybe Matt and I are wrong and maybe yeah. Chloe is in. We could but be, who knows? Yeah. So you I just. You are for sure. What you need to know is that Chloe is really, really pretty. Mm-hmm. That's really important to the story. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that commentary. I appreciate the attention there. Um, Okay, we do have important things to talk about, though. Not that that's not that, that is important. Yeah, that is very. <laughs> we also have some important things. We have other things to talk about. Other things. Yeah. Okay. So here's some uh, our other things. So for both Wired and Reset, we introduced this uh, this concept, this topic of numb, because we said everybody, I, pretty much whatever age you are, whatever stage of life you are, these last several months, we've all been looking forward to some things and hoping some things that are you know going to change, and then they don't, or they get canceled, or they get taken off calendar. And you do that enough times, like you get excited enough times, you have, you know, get hopeful enough times and it keeps getting canceled. At, at some point, it just gets hard, you know, to see, keep staying hopeful. It gets hard to get excited again. And I think there's, for a lot of people, just this kind of numb feeling. I don't, you know, for some of us, it's anxiety. Uh, for some of us, it's, it's, you know, depression. But I mean, for a lot of us, it's just kind of this like stuck, like, I, I don't really know what to get excited about. I don't know what to look forward to. Every day kind of feels the same maybe school will come back. Maybe it won't. Maybe there'll be football. Maybe there won't. And I'm almost don't even care at this point. You know, there's a lot of that kind of vibe. So we just wanted to, to talk about that because I think a lot of people are experiencing it. And a lot of the first couple episodes um, were about that. Um, Audrey and just because we have, you know, you here in part of this conversation, not that you have to represent all the thousands of students in, you know, Leander ISD and Liberty Hill ISD and Georgetown ISD and Round Rock ISD and all that. But if you could just represent them all for a second, um, 
what have the last couple months been like for you? I mean, even thinking back to March, like if you can just kind of travel back to March, for me, that's already kind of a surreal time. Like I remember when South by got canceled and I thought that was super dramatic at the time. And I was like, you kidding me? It's going to be over in like two weeks. And then here we are. Um, but I'm just wondering what that was like for you. Like when you remember going on spring break, did you guys think you were coming back in a week? I for mean, sure. I definitely thought I was coming back that next week. And then there was like talk about it getting extended like a couple of days. And I was like, okay, maybe one or two. And then one or two turned into five months and online school. And it was just, I would definitely say it was disappointing. Just as a junior, I was looking forward to my first prom. I bet you some like the eighth graders were looking forward to like that last moment with all their friends before they like split to multiple different high schools, mm -hmm. the seniors before they all go off to college. Like I think overall it was a very disappointing time just because everything at the end of the year that we always like look forward to got canceled. Yep. Um, I remember when camp got canceled, that announcement, heartbroken. Yep. Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew, yeah. Matt and I both shed tears over that. Man together. tears. Yeah. Yeah. Man <laughs> tears. A man tear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what was the first, like, big, were you excited at first? Not, not, you know, to say, oh, I'm excited about a pandemic, but we were like, oh, like spring break is extended. Was that at first, like, oh, this is kind of cool or exciting? Or were you like right away, like nervous, panicked, anxious? Like, what was your emotions like early on in this process? Early on, I would definitely say I was excited just because I was like, ooh, finals, getting pushed back, yeah. AP tests. Um, but then after like the first week, I was like, okay, I yeah. need to go back. Like, I'm done with this. I'm over it. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the first like big thing that dropped? The first like, man, I was really looking forward to this. And I think for me, that was prom just because like junior year, like you finally are an upperclassman. You get to be a part of like the big fun things. And like, I already went prom dress shopping, had my dress, had my shoes. I was like ready for prom. And then got yep. taken away. Yep. Well, I, I think that's what's adding to a lot of this for people is there's a lot of things that are getting taken away that you can't go get back. You know, there's like, you, you can't go back and have a junior or a senior prom or, you know, graduation or a last campsite, you know, whatever it mm -hmm. is for so many of us, there's a lot of these things that are just, they're kind of feeling like permanent losses. You know, do you feel some of that numbness now, like thinking about the fall? Like, is it hard for you to get excited about things in the fall? Cause you have that wariness that something's going to get canceled or things will change again. Or, you know, how are you feeling like looking at the next couple of months? For sure. Um, going into senior year, I am already just, I'm expected to be disappointed just for things to get canceled. And you know, this was like my last year. So it was supposed to be like the fun year. And I like purposely took easy classes so I could like enjoy this year. And just right off the bat, I already know since like we're starting virtual altogether, I already know it's not going to be the same. And like football season definitely won't be the same. Um, shows have been canceled. I can already tell like things are going to get pushed back even more. So I'm just already ready to like be disappointed. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about your class a lot because I was thinking originally the class of 2020 is like the hardest hit group of almost any age group, you know, in the world, mm -hmm. thinking about all of the marker moments that are canceled and then, you know, their transition into college being impacted. But now I'm thinking about your class and being like, ah, you know, we just don't know what the future looks like right now. This could be, uh, you know, your whole upperclassmen years, junior and senior year that are impacted. So you guys are still in this. There's still a lot of that uncertainty, uh, you know, a lot of that numb feeling, if you For will. Sure. Um, I think it could be helpful at the beginning of our conversation to give a definition to this word um, numb because um, Brene Brown has an awesome definition. She's also a longhorn, just so you guys know. If I <laughs> didn't know that, so it makes her extra amazing. Um, but I, I think it's just, it's, a, it's really helpful to think about the way she kind of describes it because she, she says any activity um, that we use to numb our feelings so that we don't experience vulnerability falls in the numbing category. So these activities can include, but are not limited to, you know, alcohol, mindlessly scrolling social media, staying super busy, uh, you know, eating bad foods or sugary foods, binge watching shows, online, you know, shopping, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, and she says, none of these things are inherently bad on their own, but when used as an escape from feeling real emotion, they can turn into real issues. Um, and the reason I like that she were, uses the word vulnerability in there is because I just think it speaks to our season. She says vulnerability, it's, it's not weakness. Vulnerability is uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure, which in this season, I mean, we're filled with uncertainty and, mm -hmm. it, and it does feel vulnerable to get excited about something right now. You almost feel like naive yeah. or something and, you know, something's going to get taken away. Um, but she says the issue is we cannot selectively numb emotions. So when we numb the painful emotions, we also numb the positive emotions, right? She says literally here, um, she says by numbing ourselves to vulnerability, we also numb ourselves to love, belonging, creativity, and empathy. So that's a, that's a big deal. Like yeah. when we talk about this and why we'd want to spend two weeks on it, if you are unable to experience those things, like love, connection to others, your ability to be creative. I mean, that's kind of, you're talking meaning of life stuff yeah. right there, not to get too dramatic, but, um, but that's super, super core to that. Mel, I know you and I were talking before this a little bit about how that word, it can be difficult to know, like, am I numbing or am I not? because of the fact that numbing doesn't look the same for everybody based oh, on, for sure. you know, personality types, based on the fact that none of those things are actually bad. It's not like Netflix is bad or shopping is bad or mm -hmm. eating junk those food is bad. You know? oh, <laughs> so yeah. So things. I, how would you even guide that conversation a little bit to be like, okay, now I'm, you know, beating myself up for everything I'm doing and that's not what we want either. You know, how would you kind of speak into that? Yeah, well, as you guys know, I am a flaming two on the Enneagram. So I am all about feelings, but I'm all about everybody else's feelings because my feelings are gross and I don't need them. And I like to pack them in because it's me like a little sparkly box and bury them very, very deep and numb in whatever way I can. And I think like we were talking about all the different personality types. I think it's kind of almost like that vintage phrase where you would say, pick your poison. Mm -hmm. Like there are so many things on that list that I think are so specific to different personality types for sure. And so I think like kind of making the exploration of yourself and figuring out like, dang it, like why can't I deal with what's going on or what do I do? Like, what is my trigger? Cause like you were saying, I think it's like a little different for everybody. For me, it's anxiety for sure, because I don't want anyone else to be burdened by my anxiety. Like I want to pack it up and I want to like take care of it. I don't want anyone to take care of me. And I think for everybody, that's just going to be something that's like a little bit different. If that makes sense. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause we were talking about, I mean, at this table, we have two Enneagram twos. We have an eight. Mm -hmm. That is an eight. I'm different. Sometimes Strong. they get a bad rep, but healthy eights change the world. And, know. Uh, you know, <laughs> and then eights. I don't know if I'm healthy or not. What am I? Yeah. <laughs> Help. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think Enneagram is interesting. It's just one of many personality tests. I think if, you know, you are a middle schooler or a high schooler, you know, watching this, take, take it every couple of years because it's, it's going to change yeah. as you're growing mm -hmm, up sure. and discovering who you are. You know, there's probably a certain age you have to reach before you can really start to even have some of those conversations. But I just know amongst this table, like it's super different the way like yeah. we would, um, you know, as a, a three, I'm basically an achiever. So that means I find a lot of identity in you know, my performance, like, do I accomplish tasks? Do people, you know, notice my performance, that kind of thing. So when I get like tired and exhausted, I just want to like completely disconnect my, you know, I, I turned into the unhealthy qualities of a nine on the scale. And so I just like, I don't want to be around people. You know, I will, you know, binge, you know, Netflix endlessly or whatever. Um, you know, I've watched eight season shows and, you know, a couple months before and I'm like, oh man, like that's, that's just like a red flag to say like, yeah. Hey, you're tired, you're exhausted. You need to talk to somebody you need to get some help. Um, you know, and so, uh, I think it's a little different for all of us, but 
do you, any guys just, you know, just really open for the table, like have any kind of guidelines to say, okay, what's the line? Cause again, I'm not telling you like cancel your Netflix membership. Don't ever play video games. Don't ever eat unhealthy food again. You know, do any of you guys have any, some like guidelines to say, well, what is numbing versus what is just, well, this is actually just fun. Like this is just life giving. This is energizing for me. What'd you guys say to that? Wow. That was a really good question. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think there's a couple things. I think um, the phrase you were just using life giving is like really important. Like, so identifying that, mm-hmm. right? So I think especially in this season, a lot of us have gone through a lot of different things, right? And, you know, a lot of the similar things got canceled off the calendar for a lot of us. Um, but when we understand the difference between just escaping in a moment and m- trying to make a quick fix and then also like doing something that's life giving. So mm-hmm. for me, like if I'm going through something and I got to get my mind off something like, sure, I'll go to the gym or I'll go on a walk or anything like that. Um, and to me, that's like life giving. That's really, really good. Um, but I also have the tendency to like go be on TikTok for like four hours and go be on Netflix for a lot of hours. But like those things in and of itself, if that's life giving, that's life giving. But like, I think for all of us, that's like different. Um, it's different for each of us in terms of like what personally is like life giving to us. And I think when we identify that and do the opposite, that's when it's numbing. Mm. Right. So if we identify like, Hey, going to the gym is actually life giving to me, but then I choose to go eat just a bunch of unhealthy things like that's when i'm not really you know facing my emotions head on that's not when i'm really like diving into what my pain what my hurt it actually is so it's like it's kind of like the knowing the right thing to do and then like choosing not to do it or knowing what's going to you know take your mind off something and uh you know knowing what's life-giving uh versus what's actually numbing right mm-hmm. so just identifying what is actually life-giving to you is um is healthy and beneficial yeah, th- this article talks about a little bit almost it, the way you feel afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, is a lot of like, do you feel refreshed? You know, do you feel uh, energized or do you have that like kind of cloudy, exhausted feeling, you know? So that's why to me, like I can't just put social media in the whole category. You know, one of the things Emily and I love to do, like we'll lay on the couch and we'll watch TikTok and, you know, Emily's my wife, by the way, if you have <laughs> never heard that name before, just to clarify. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll watch like TikToks of dogs for like, you know, 30 minutes and just laugh. And it's like a great time. Like it's just something that's like fun together. Then there's times where I like scroll endlessly through Instagram and I'm like more tired and I don't even know how long mm-hmm. I've been there. And I'm just not even really thinking about anything. And I can tell the difference between like, I just kind of checked out versus like this was quality time with somebody or this was fun or you know something like that so i think there's kind of the you know the afterwards it feels you know really important as well um so i think you know there's there's these lanes of just understanding what it is but i think there's also another lane of to say you know well what do we actually do about it Mm -hmm. um one of the big parts of the conversation that we had in um this past week in wired and reset was talking about how Jesus was fully present and fully engaged with his emotions. You know, it wasn't, you know, I think sometimes in our culture, uh, we feel a lot like, oh, if, if you're mature, you don't show emotion, right. you know, and, and emotional gets a bad tag. Like they're an emotional yeah. person. Yeah. And generally speaking, that that's negative. And um, hopefully we can do something here to reverse that kind of stigma. Cause I don't, you know, I don't think that's true at all. And so we, we talked about several examples where Jesus, you know, showed his emotion and passionately and for people to see, and he was perfectly emotionally healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think one of the things that Matt, I've heard you talk about that I'd love if you expanded on a little bit is how do you know that God cares at all about our individual emotions. Like, why should we believe we're a speck on this planet, you know, speck in history? Why should we believe that like God is actually concerned with the way that, that we feel? Yeah. Well, so when I first became a Christian, like that was my number one, like question is like, I'm one of 7 billion. Like I'm just, you know, in my statistic, in my number, like I didn't really fully understand the full love and, and kind of that context of God. And so when I was growing up, you know, really early in my faith, I just was like, you know, 
like any high schooler, but I never, you know, went through COVID. So I can't even, you know, empathize of being in high school right now. So it's like, you know, you still have, you know, your emotional things, your things that you go through. And I just like, I never understood that like God could actually be a part of the process of my emotions. I never really understood that he actually genuinely cares about how I'm feeling. So I think like one, just having that awareness that he does care about, you know, our emotions. And, you know, I think one of the places that we can find that is definitely in the New Testament with the person of Jesus. And in Hebrews, it actually shows that like Jesus cares about our emotions. He empathizes with our weaknesses. And even if we took it back to the story that we talked about in Wired and Reset, the story of Lazarus, like, so Jesus goes to this town and the sisters of Lazarus come at him and are angry because, you know, he's claiming to be this Lord. He's claiming to be this God. And they're saying like, hey, like if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Right. And they're just kind of throwing this on him. And in that moment, since he is God, he had full power to say, to raise Lazarus in that moment to make a quick fix. And I think a lot of times in our lives, like when we go to numbing, that's what we try to do. We try to do a quick fix. Let's get our mind off this. Let's not deal with this problem. Not Let's not face this head on. And we try to do the quick fix. The quick fix in that moment for Jesus would have been just like in that moment when uh, Martha and Mary are yelling at him, like, hey, quick fix. Let's just do it. Let's just raise him. No, but instead he listens to him, them in that moment. He then walks to the tomb where Lazarus was buried, goes in and Lazarus was buried for about three days. And so he goes in, he smells those smells, he sees everything. <laughs> and you know, in that moment, shortest verse in the New Testament, shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. He processed his emotions. He did all of those steps and then saw Lazarus and then raised him from the dead. And so for us, like we can, we know that Jesus empathizes with our emotions and he perfectly showed that in the story of Lazarus and many examples in the New Testament in terms of him walking alongside people in their frustrations, in their hurts, and he genuinely has a care for people. And he will also also be a part of the you know solution to fixing the problem. Um, and so for us, when we, uh, you know, bring, allow God in and we, you know, allow him to be a part of our pain and allow him to be a part of our hurt, it allows us the sense of peace and the sense of awe to know that he's walking along, alongside us every single step of the way. And he's not just trying to do a quick fix, um, in, in, you know, in our process of pain and our process of hurt. So that to me is like super helpful. And I think the story of Lazarus perfectly paints a picture of like how he walks alongside us. Um, and he's not trying to just make a quick fix, but he actually genuinely cares about what we're going through. Yeah. And, and I, I love that in that story that you just shared too, like the reality is like Jesus is, is a guy, like yeah. Jesus is a male. And, and in our culture, whether it's controversial to talk about or not, I mean, you, you just recognize that on average, it, it is more uh, acceptable for a guy to try to hide his emotions mm -hmm. and try to be like, that's just like, oh, that's manly. Like that's grown up. Like I'm not going to share, I'm not going to be vulnerable. And so my, I love, you know, in this example, if it says like Jesus is weeping, which we talked yeah. about, that doesn't sound like one tear. That sounds like he's breaking down that like the fullness of the moment. Yeah. Um, there's he, definitely a difference between crying and weeping. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, that, that kind of moment. And so for me, I just think, you know, especially for like, you know, middle school, high school guys that are, are listening to this, that's such a, a, an amazing thing to recognize now versus like, you know, in your forties or fifties to be mm -hmm. like, wow, like vulnerability is not weakness. Mm -hmm. You know, it actually takes strength to say like, I am going to risk, you know, here's who I am. Here's what I'm feeling. This, I am upset. You yeah. know, I am angry. Like this is what I'm processing. It takes, this is what I'm going through. It takes risk to tap into love and creativity. So everything Brene was saying that like we lose when we're not vulnerable, mm -hmm. like it takes a lot of strength to go in and dive in to be like, hey, if I really genuinely want love from other people, if I want to tap into my full potential and live a fully alive life, it takes a lot of courage to just open up to somebody close 
to you, open up to a friend, small group leader, whoever it is, um, and let people in and be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So it takes a lot of strength. Yeah. And I think it completely does because it it takes a strength of of really knowing who you are to a certain Mm -hmm. degree. I mean, you know, to be able to do that takes a certain amount of self-confidence to be able to say like, this is me. Um, You know, for example, I I think about the verse in Proverbs um, that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in Proverbs 3, 5. I love that concept of like trusting in the Lord because, you know, when we're trying to trust in, well, what people think of me or how they perceive me or whatever it might be, it's like, no, I'm just going to do what God has told me to do. I'm going to trust who he says I am. Like I'm made in his image. And so at the end of the day, like me being vulnerable to others, like, you know, my identity is not on the line here when I do this, you know, whereas Mm -hmm. if my identity is completely wrapped up in, you know, what he thinks of me or what she thinks of me or what that crowd thinks of me, all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be vulnerable with any of those things. Um, and I additionally like this verse in this season because I think, I don't know if you guys identify with this, but just as much as has been taken away from us in this season, still, I often find myself still hoping in in more circumstances. Mm -hmm. You know, I still hope like, oh, I hope college football, you know, comes back or whatever it might be. I hope, you know, they're, you know, everybody can go back to school or hope whatever it might be. And even though we we keep having circumstances let us down, Mm -hmm. we keep hoping for, you know, more circumstances in the future. Mm -hmm. And I'm just continuing to realize at some point, like I've got to shift what it is that I'm putting my trust in. And if instead of future circumstances, I put it in the person who is worthy of my trust Mm -hmm. and listen to what he says about me, that allows me to lean in. Like that allows me to connect with others. That allows me to have the strength to be vulnerable um, when I'm doing that. So I know that's kind of complicated, but somehow that's all connected. You know, Mm -hmm. trust, knowing who we are, the ability to lean into relationships, um, all those things are connected. So I think one of the other things that we were talking about was how the opposite of numb is not necessarily like, you know, just now like feeling all the time or something like that, or, you know, these extreme feelings up and down. Mm -hmm. The opposite of numbing is actually connection. It's really like connecting with others. It's allowing, you know, people to see who you are, um, and connecting with, you know, your heavenly father, um, which is just, I think, a huge piece of this also to say, like, you can't do this on your own. I don't know. Would you guys have anything to say to that or add to that to just be like, this isn't about going and trying really hard. This is really about connecting with other people in the season and knowing that you're not alone in the season. Yeah, I can start. I, I think for me, and I was telling you this a little bit yesterday, I think I'm like both an underreactor and an overreactor. So <laughs> like when it comes to my emotions, like I feel like I'm out of whack with like everything I'm feeling and, and all that stuff. But for me, it's like if there's something personal that I'm going through and I'm hurt and I, it's, it's a trauma and all that stuff, I tend to overreact and I tend to like, you know, blow that up on people and all that stuff. But when someone is coming to me and sharing something that they're going through and traumas and you know things that you know they're going through in life like I tend to underreact and I tend to downplay that and when I do that I like I've noticed that like I have zero empathy with this person and so like for me what I'm trying to work on is try to like be more empathetic towards other people's problems because they're going to, you know, you're going to need them when you're going through something. And, um, there's just a good common like empathy there when I'm able, when I'm able to understand like, Hey, my friend is actually going through something right now and I need to just sit with them. Like, you know, Jesus showed like, just, I need to sit with them and I need to be, I need to be with them in this moment. Um, and for me, I'm just like, man, I just want to, you know, quick fix. I want to get past this. And, um, I just need to learn how to like be more, a little more empathetic and know that my community, my small group, my, you know, the group that's around me, my group of friends, like they genuinely do care about me as a person. Um, and so when I'm able to sit with them, I know that they're going to be able to sit with me, um, in those moments. So, yeah. 
for, for you two, I was wondering, you know, as Enneagram twos, um, you know, helpers, you know, so always serve, always thinking about others' feelings. What does it look like for you guys when you're fully engaged, like in your healthy moments, when you're, you are operating out of your core identity, when you are engaged, when you're being vulnerable, what does that look like for you when you're like, man, I'm, I'm fully alive. This is what I was designed to be. Yeah, I think actually what's funny is I think we are probably the opposite of Matt. Like, we're like <laughs> empathy, like grinnings. Yes. And we'll like soak up everybody else's feelings, but like our, our, our own are so, so hard to deal with. And they're so, so gross. And it's funny because I feel like we're like the like complete opposite, but both of those situations like block us from that community mm-hmm. because your friends really do want like from you, you have to give and take. And that's so hard for mm-hmm. me. And I feel like you guys are so good at like dragging things out of me because I'm like, Hey, because <laughs> obviously I am not good. Like sometimes <laughs> like I can have like my arm is hanging off and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you want me to pick that up for you? You know, like I can't connect to my own feelings because I'm so afraid to. And I feel like that's just something I think that that's my biggest struggle for sure. Like, I don't know how you feel. I definitely think it's the same. Just, I find myself constantly taking on more than I can handle just because like, I don't want to turn people down. Like I always want to be there and like, I want to help. I want to volunteer and like, I want to take on more of a load. But then at the same time, like inside, I'm like so overwhelmed, so stressed. Like I don't want to let anyone down, but like, I want to put like my best effort into everything. So it's just like, I don't know how to say no, but I don't want to say no. I just, for myself, I have to, but Mm-hmm. That's me. <laughs> and I think with all this, what's interesting, whether somebody can relate to our personality types or not, is it, connection seems to be the answer to all of that. You yeah, know, for you guys for to sure. connect with somebody who really can see your heart, who really can know how you are when you say you're fine and they can like look you in the eyes and tell like you're about to break down into tears and you're like, you're not fine, you know, <laughs> um, that's huge. But there's other people listening right now that they feel their own feelings strongly, you know, and, and they isolate and pull away and, and their feelings can become reality and just overwhelming, you know, overwhelming sorrow or overwhelming anxiety or loneliness. And they're like, gosh, no, I, I'm trying to manage my feelings because my own feelings are intense. I, I don't mm-hmm. even, I don't have the ability to, you know, engage with somebody else's. And so I think whichever you are, the answer is still connection. You know, it's oh, still yeah. knowing that you're not alone. For somebody sure. to come alongside you and help and, and process. Um, in fact, on this list, that's kind of the three things. Matt, you've already hit on a couple of these, but it says, you know, steps to stop emotionally numbing is one, acknowledge and stay mindful about like, what are the behaviors? Just like, you know, start to be aware. So, you know, when I, you know, do you feel this way? Do I feel recharged afterwards or do I feel more numb or more tired or more cloudy afterwards? And then two, you know, start being intentional with the ones that are more restoring, that are more life-giving. Like, okay, now that I know which ones are which, I'm going to put more energy into the mm-hmm. ones that are, that are life-giving. And then the third one is to learn how to lean into the discomfort of hard emotions. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I mean, that's just a huge growth life step. The more we stop trying to avoid pain or avoid discomfort and that's what's wild about the season we've just been thrown into a lot pain of discomfort, and discomfort you know yeah. a lot of like against <laughs> our will like we just don't really get to yeah. choose um but i think when you stop like feeling like man i have to run from that every time um because there's something in that for me like i'm going to grow in that or i'm going to connect with somebody i'm going to discover something about myself or discover something about god that there's always growth in that i think some of the stu- the hope starts to like be restored to say okay mm-hmm. bad circumstances are good there's still reasons to be hopeful. Bad circumstances are good. I can still connect with people and connect in my relationship with God. So, you know, hopefully, you know, some of these conversations we're having over the next couple of weeks kind of kind of lean to that and, and point to that. So um, we're about to wrap up here. I think we're towards the end of our, our conversation. Is there anything I missed? Anything that you guys felt like you wanted to add or? 
Nothing related to the conversation, but I want to bring this up. Um, so uh, 10 minutes before we started, uh, so context, I asked Jordan yesterday, hey, what should we wear for the podcast? Mm. And yeah, we need y'all's opinion on this We as need well. We need your guys' opinion. So as you guys can see, the three people around me, they're dressed great. They look great. They're great people. Uh, I talked to Jordan yesterday. I said, hey, like, should we dress casual for the podcast? You said to me, yes. Mm-hmm. You said, yes, dress I casual. Did. I did. I can own that. Okay, look at what you're wearing. <laughs> look at what everybody's wearing. Look at what I'm wearing. I feel like I'm super underdressed for this podcast. Yeah, so I, first, I think you look great, Matt. You know, yep. Matt's in basketball shorts. You maybe can't see that on camera. Yeah. So he's been, you know, for a little frustrated with me, which is understandable. <laughs> yep. um, I think we just recognize that there's a range to that. So, you know, to be fair, like a robe is casual, you know? And so, like, yeah. that, that counts as well. You could have shown up in slippers. Sure. Um, business casual is a lot more dressed up than we are right now. So, you did not say business yeah. casual. <laughs> yeah. To make you feel better, Matt, like, Mel and I wear this every day. So, like, yeah. this is our Facts. casual. This yeah, casual. no, I'm good with you guys. We're focusing. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're focusing here. No, it's good. Um, you've known me for seven years. You should know what my casual is. Yeah, so. that was my mistake. I could have been more proactive. To yeah, align us on that. So no, that's good. You look good though. I'm, well, thank yeah. you, sir. It's yeah, good. as do you. So I yeah. think love big, dream big is very appropriate. Heck yeah, so. absolutely. All right, guys. Hey, thank you all for tuning in. If you uh, if you have stuck with us to this point, we're going to be releasing you know one of these with every episode uh, that comes out and having adding more context to our conversations that, that we begin in those episodes. So I do think it's really important to make sure you're following us on Instagram, our transit, our inside out accounts, um, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel. So you just don't miss anything. We have a lot more content coming out in this season, as well as a lot of ways to connect. So we're going to have a lot of opportunities. Hangouts are coming, uh, ways to connect, ways to get together in person, driveway groups are coming, uh, all of the details and all of that, um, are coming. If you're watching this later in 2020 and you come across this past August of 2020, then you could pretty much just stop right now. Uh, but if you're watching this as this comes out, it is important because uh, this coming weekend, actually August 16th, uh, we're going to have our first all grade Zoom call. So mm-hmm. that means there's literally going to be a, a Zoom call for sixth grade, a Zoom call for seventh grade, you know, all guys and girls one call all the way, you know, through, through our incoming seniors. And we're just going to kind of talk about what is coming up. Uh, then we'll have another episode of Wired and another episode of Reset coming out the weekend of the 22nd. And then right now, driveway groups will be happening on the 30th. So there's a lot of really cool things coming up. And again, the details for all that are going to be in those, those platforms. So just make sure uh, that you're following those. Otherwise, uh, thank you guys for, for tuning in, hang in there, and we can't wait to connect soon.